Well, boys and girls, welcome back. Wait a minute. Welcome back. This is a takeover, people. We are taking over After Dark here. Your unfiltered, unedited, uncensored, and commercial-free Sharks podcast that is the Pucknologist here on Teal Town, USA. Apologies to Landy, Kura, Ian. We didn't have time for you tonight. We had to take it over. I hope everyone had a thing, a great Thanksgiving. It's another interesting week of Sharks hockey as they go in 3-1 and one over four games, including beating the best team in the NHL. We're going to get to that, plus games... Uh, where Hedekin maybe went off on some officiating. We got James Reimer taking the top spot in net. Uh, should Rick Bonus change his first name to Prick? And the latest on the Evander Kane saga and more. And of course, wrapping up Blackhawks versus Sharks. But first, remember to subscribe, follow us on social media, and if you'd like to help support the content we deliver, you can always donate using that super chat option during live shows. However, we do prefer Venmo, and you can find us at Teal Town USA. And we always thank you for putting a little something in that tip jar. And if you're not watching us live on YouTube, make sure to add your take in the comment section of this video once you're on it. So, holy cannoli, everybody. Um, I'm just going to say, dude, I could not be more perfect this week when it comes to my picks. Jerkman. How was your Thanksgiving? Uh, it w- it was good. Um, <clears throat> you know, there was a uh, considerable amount of um, food consumption. We'll say as there should um, be, Always. as as they as they say, uh, a a feed bag may or may not have been worn, um, strapped on. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was good, man. It was, it was you know nice to kind of get away from everything a little bit, unplug, do the whole thing. Um, got to go to two Sharks games this week, which was awesome. Um, got to see, you know, Puck Guy and I had a staff meeting by Section 215. It was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and that you compared each other's staffs? No? <laughs> no, we were actually, uh, we were talking about, uh, you know, the budget. Unfortunately, we can't fit your salary in. Oh, no more stipends. Hate when that happens. <laughs> Hate when that happens. So, uh, let's... Generally, if you're new to the Pucknologist, generally we wrap up the entire week in Sharks hockey, but uh, this is a takeover. And after dark, it's all about wrapping up the game you just saw. So let's talk about a 2-1 victory. Blackhawks. Booyah. I'm telling you, all the all the talk about the reigning Vesna winner before and what happens. I'm just saying. Uh, James Reimer would start his fourth straight. And let's just talk about him for a second, jerk. I mean, Chief gets pulled in the last game, and it was just, and it's just like, yeah, okay, remember my name because I'm about to shut you people out. <laughs> well, and and so you know, I was uh, I was at the game as I mentioned, both games, game against Ottawa and the game against Toronto as well. And you know, I was I was sitting there and I was talking with you know I was talking with a couple friends, and I was saying like, look. Reimer getting pulled after this fourth goal, that tells me he's going in against the Blackhawks because if he wasn't, why take him out at all? Uh, so, yep. you know, I, I, I think it was the right move to, you know, Reimer has played very well this entire season. You know, he has a doozy uh, on Friday, as, as you mentioned. But you know what? You have to – you can't afford to overreact in that situation. I mean, when guy – you know, guys had – <laughs> 11 good games and one not so good game 
I think it's pretty obvious to tell what is the rule and what is the exception, as they say. Um, I thought it was the right choice, and he played well. I mean, put up a donut, right? So, Dude. <laughs> and looked good, because there were quite a few moments, especially if you, you know, if you're catching out, checking out the gifts on the Teal Town account. Pretty obvious to see the Blackhawks had a lot of opportunities against Reimer, especially late in the game. Oh, late in the game, but early in the game. I mean, yeah. I mean, the Sharks with four shots on goal in the first period. You're like, uh, this is gonna be ugly. <laughs> this, the, it was not looking good. But interesting stat that I liked about tonight, but was actually kind of made me cringe just to scotch, was the fact that they threw up how Reimer has been period by period this season. The first period, 9.33, and you're like, solid, love it. Second period, 9.07, you're like, ooh, the long change, messing with them a little bit. <laughs> then 9.61 in the third period so far. So it's like, ooh, boy, if you can get Rhymes in to, to, to start that third with either a tie score or if he's got the lead, oh, lock it down, dude. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's, you know, you want, I think, I think everybody would say like the, the preferred, uh, the preferred method is to play with the lead or it's very least tied. But even in, in moments where things maybe have not looked so good, whether the Sharks are under siege or they're actually losing, you know, tonight, obviously, and multiple games in the past, the Reimer has kept them in oh, these yeah. games and is giving them a chance, um, on a nightly basis. And, you know, I was, I was one of the people, at the beginning of the season, who was saying, look, go with Aiden Hill, and you'll play Reimer when you have to. And everything we've seen thus far, you know, we're, we're what? We're about five, six weeks into the season now. It's, I totally flipped the script. I think you got to play Reimer until you can't anymore. <laughs> Run him into the ground, kids. Oh, well, the other great thing about tonight, of course, is the return of Jonathan Dolan. But, you know, a little, little nervous after taking that hit a week ago and you're just kind of like, but because to me, dude, that looked like a separated shoulder. I figured that was going to be two weeks minimum. So to see him come back like three games later is like, bless you. Thank you, hockey gods. Yeah. And, and you can tell, too, just if you look at the numbers, um, we they, got their numbers. The, <laughs> you can tell the coaches were a little bit, <laughs> you know, they wanted to ease him into it. I mean. He only played 12 minutes, 54 seconds tonight When versus look at Timo Meyer and Couture both played 18 and a half minutes. You can tell they were holding him back a little bit, but you know what? That's totally fine. I mean... <laughs> Just tap him in. Tap right. him in. No, Ease and you know, in. I... Like, I don't like saying... I don't like saying that games are winnable games because I think every team has a chance to win, even the crappy team. But you look at Chicago, look at where they're at, this is a team and this is a game where you can afford to have your, you know, your first line winger kind of pull back a little bit, you know, because, you know, it should and you should very loosely um, should be a win. Right. Mm hmm. So but I you know what I got to say before I forget too, uh, so that first goal, Myers first goal, they originally gave it to Balsers, right? Yeah, and you were like, and I was, my man. <laughs> well, dude, I was totally ready to fix you up because I was, because I was look, I was like, you know, I was crunching the numbers, I was doing everything. I'm like, man, yeah, Balser's only got three goals on the year, but they're all high value goals. You know, I was totally, I was writing the script, I was ready to go, and then they gave it to Meyer, and I was like, well, 
I'm okay with that too. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, wait a minute. Is Eric Kura producing the show tonight? This is fantastic. Uh, Bugner on the Sharks first period. I wasn't happy how we were playing in the defensive zone. I wasn't happy how we weren't collapsing around the house, but we responded and that was good. <laughs> also coming in from Bugner here uh, on Reimer. Obviously our best player tonight. Reason uh, we got out of the first period. Oh, oh. And I mean, uh, yeah. What, what, did, what was it? Like 12 to four shots on goal in the first period. Yeah, it was it was it was kind of brutal. They had, you know, the Sharks only they like you said they only had four shots in the first period. To their credit, though, they responded. They put up halfway through the second. They had already put up eleven. Yeah, and you're just like, oh, can can we not? <laughs> Rhymes had to make some big saves in that third period. They poured everything they had at us. He's the reason we got two points tonight. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. That's like, I don't need, I mean, like Kura, by all means, please add more quotes. But I think that kind of puts the cherry on the Sunday right there. I mean, Reimer is literally the reason why you won tonight. And again, just striking what a difference when, I don't know, Reimer gets a little bit of defense in front of him as opposed to what happened versus Toronto two nights ago. Yeah. Well, and, and the other thing too, that I thought, stood out to me tonight but in the past as well is this season Reimer has had a knack for like not getting distracted right you've seen you know the puck will bounce a weird way or it'll go somewhere you're not anticipating right and then it ends up going past you but even those kind of weird sneaky ones that sort of get away from him and maybe bounces a weird way he's right there to get it you know I can think of um I want to say it was in the I want to say it was in the first period where you know, a Blackhawks player had the pl- the puck coming in right at the net, and it kind of rolled off his stick and could have very easily rolled into the net just because that's not obviously what Reimer was expecting, but he was able to get there, get the pad, and kick it away. And just that kind of that, that instantaneous reaction to, to the unexpected, you know what I mean? It's certainly helping him put up such good numbers that he's been doing the last couple weeks. Yeah. Oh, man. Uh, more quotes coming in from Bugner on Timo Meyer. I thought he was our Best forward again tonight. He's carrying us. He's doing a good job of showing up every night and battling hard. Yeah, um, those shoulders. Uh, can we get Meyer just, I don't know, like a masseuse on the plane to just massage those shoulders because he keeps just carrying this team? It would be, I'll t- dude. So, and and again, <laughs> I, I have to say for the record, uh, <laughs> somebody on this podcast uh, predicted a bounce back of epic proportions, and um, you know we're we're we are 21 games into the season right now. Myers only played 16, obviously due to the COVID, but he's on pace for a hundred points, dude. And now you're gonna say, well, he's been playing really hot, and you know he could come back down, and and yeah, probably. But I feel like we're we're getting to that point where. It's no longer playing hot or playing above your pay grade or anything like that. No, it's I think playing to your contract right now. <laughs> I wouldn't even say that. I, I, I just think it's to the point where, like, he's <laughs> Evander not overachieving. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, like, he's not overachieving. This is who he is. Oh, God, I would love that. You know, we we'll finally and, get you to take that Barzell tweet down. <laughs> <laughs> well, and the other thing, dude, and, and again, I don't, like... 
nothing is being insinuated or said or anything like that. I'm I'm really just thinking out loud. But you remember all that stuff that came out about, oh, you know, Timo Meyer is Evander Kane's only friend on the team, mm-hmm. right? Remember yep. when all that came out? Sure. How delicious that, yeah. you know, Evander I love that Kane, word, by the way. <laughs> had that Evander Kane's been uh, away from the team for a quarter of the season and Meyer just so happens to be having the best stretch of his career. <laughs> Gee, I wonder how that happened. Again, maybe there's nothing to that, but it's definitely something to chew on. Oh, oh, and again, something to chew on, as you say, delicious, right? You bet. <laughs> so the first game back in the Windy City since the Rona. <laughs> yeah, Brett, Brett Hedekin put it as the scene of the crime, which I thought was hilarious. Oh, oh, d- d- was it because Han said it first and he just echoed it? or? <laughs> Oof. Because uh, that is kind of weird. You think about it. like that's where for the sharks anyway. That's where it all shut down. Yeah. Oh, you right. You right. Yeah. Absolutely. Um. So yeah, Meyer is your you know the man tonight. Uh. You know, <laughs> Timo opening scoring and then putting a uh, nail in the coffin. I I want to say maybe he gets six points on the module tonight. Uh. He would. He would actually only get four. Because that second goal was in the empty net. Oh, you're right. You're right. Okay. Um, so for me, I will say, though, the thing that sticks out for me to this is, you know, look, the the Sharks, uh, as was intimated on the broadcast, guys looked like they had their airplane legs going in the first period, started to pick it up in the second, and we're starting to see, I don't think I'm the only one who feels like this, where it seems like the Sharks – if they're within a goal or if they're tied, uh, the third period is kind of their bread and butter. Like they seem to be getting better. Uh, well, see, I, I don't want to say as the game goes on because I will say, and and this is something that I do need to go through and like run the numbers on goals for goals against by period. But that long change does seem to be biting the sharks in the ass. So if the sharks can get into that third frame and they're within a goal, they're they're gonna look pretty good. Well in the in the past two years as well, like how many <laughs> how many games have have, you know, been one zero, two zero after the first? And it's like, yeah, turn it off. Like <laughs> you know, I, I've seen this one before. And now mm. like there have been a couple times this season where the Sharks are going into the third losing. And it's like, yeah. yeah, we got a chance here. You know, maybe we'll lose, but you know, we got a chance. Like even even going into the third period, four one against the Maple Leafs, I'm like, we're not out of this. You know, yeah. you just need a quick one, and then, you know, <clears throat> that's kind of gonna, you know, that would have got the ball rolling, but, you know, whatever. But even then, you know, good bounce back tonight. I mean, I know everybody's gonna say, oh well, Chicago's a bad team. You're supposed to beat them. It's like, yeah, obviously that's the case, but. <laughs> you're supposed to beat them and they did. So like that deserves props. Cause if the sharks had totally laid an egg right here, this would be a very different show show. Oh, absolutely. Uh, the one thing though, that I do want to know is the sharks took a hella dudes penalty. Too many men, their third hella dudes penalty in their last four games. 
what is going on with this team with the delay of game penalties over I, in in what I uh, I ran the numbers earlier, but this team just keeps taking these lazy, unforced errors. They've taken four delay of games in their last five, right? So the uh, three hella dudes and a puck over glass, unforced errors. Imagine how things might be changed just a little bit if you're not giving up unforced errors. Right. It's it's honestly kind of astounding, right? Because those <laughs> <clears throat> those penalties have been rare. I mean, puck over glass we see a lot, you know, but but the too many men like <laughs> it's just starting to be it, a feature, not a bug. Like it's making <laughs> <laughs> like it's making me wonder like what what is going on with the line changing procedure that's causing all of this. And, you know, if you, if you look at the bench during the game, you know, you have, you know, each, each defense pair has a body in between them. So they don't, you know, you don't get jammed up getting off the bench, but like, I just don't know where the issue is coming from. You know what I mean? I don't know if it's just that instinct. Oh, the puck has come by me. I got to touch it. You know, I'm not really sure what's <laughs> going on. Maybe it's, you know, maybe there's just not as much communication going on the bench. I don't know. But the fact that, you know, like you said, it's happened a lot over the last week and a half. It, it's starting to make you wonder, like, and I hate to even bring this up because they're all adults. But it's like, do you need to go back to, like, basics? And, like, <laughs> okay, when you're getting off the uh, the bench, let everybody know who you're getting on for. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Screw. Because it was so funny to see tonight in particular when they had the replay where it was like three guys went off, four guys immediately jumped on, and you're like going, uh, someone didn't math right. Right, and, and, and you've seen too, you can go back and look, <clears throat> you can go back and look at like any of the mic'd up videos the Sharks have done over the last couple of years. Every so often, they'll show a line change, and it's usually, you know, like, the one that comes to mind is, you know, I think they had mic'd up Pavelski and he's sitting on the boards waiting and he's saying like, I got Timo, I got Timo, yep. Timo jumps off the ice. Okay. There's Timo Paz jumps on. And you know, it's just keep that. And, and you know, Brad Hedekin always says it, but it's, it's true. Like it costs nothing to talk, you know? So damn right. You might Paul. as well do it. It's It's going to make your life easier. Yeah. So we're going to kind of, wrap up Chicago real quick with that and get to the takeover, if you will, the week in Sharks hockey. So look, the Sharks, it, it wasn't perfect, but it was close. You know who was perfect? Me. <laughs> uh, the Sharks are currently 11-9-1, uh, right now fifth in the Pacific. They are just one point behind the Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> One point behind, four and three over their last seven, but that's barely over 500 hockey. Last time I look, it doesn't get you into the playoffs, but seem to be trending in the right direction. How did I do this week on my predictions? You've seen the sheet, people. This week, your man's went four for four. Called every win and every loss this week. Uh, the amount of money that I am throwing away by not betting in the aforementioned Vegas. I'm telling you right now. They are 11-9-1. I have them at 11-10 through the first 21. Oi! So, 
Uh, let's get into the to the week that was started with Sharks versus Carolina. It's a two one overtime win. Uh, Reedy would get the call up. Another prediction that we like <laughs> talked about the previous as week. as you said last week, right? Uh, and that was the beginning, or what? That was like the second of like four straight starts for Reimer. Of course, Tony D'Angelo would open the scoring <laughs> for Carolina. Uh, the Sharks couldn't sustain any offensive zone pressure. It was just uh, hella yikes, if you will. But the thing that stood out to me, it's, I mean, first, LeBanc scores. And you're kind of like going... Oh my lord! Did anyone need a goal more? This is a first five-on-five point that he had had this season, jerk. Yeah, it it was a long time coming. I mean, especially, you know, we talked about it last week, but you know, the total <clears throat> the total jam job that LeBanc has gotten from the coaching staff. It's hey, it's at least he's not having to serve those DOG uh, penalties anymore, right? Right. Very very <laughs> true. But you know, he. Got a goal, you know, like I said, after having to, yet again, suffer uh, the consequences. But, again, like we were talking about just a few minutes ago, the Sharks went into this period losing and really wasn't playing all that inspired, to be honest with you. No, you're right. And, and here they come. LeBanc gets a quick one in the in the, uh, in the the third period, and, and all of a sudden you have a game. You know, it's, it's something we've started to see quite a bit this season where the Sharks can get that big goal if they need to. And as you said, huge for LeBanc as well to get that grill off the back first <laughs> five versus five goal of the season. And, you know, I know we obviously know how the rest of this week went, but you're kind of hoping that that sort of opens the dam up a little bit. Absolutely. Uh, and then, you know, of course, the Sharks finally draw – a call. I think they'd went almost what? It's like three games or something. Like two of yeah, three games. Or, yeah, six ridiculous. straight periods without drawing a call. They finally get one with 45 left in the third. Uh, pull it, you know, it flows over in overtime. And just after it expires in overtime, Barabanov from Hurdle would uh, win the game. And uh, Booyah, I, I will say some interesting defensive deployment, perhaps. For the Sharks in this one, <laughs> I don't know if that leads you to a, a win. And maybe is Reimer going, you know, hey, I, I just need help from one of you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they, you know, they really wanted to make sure that puck didn't go in. Yeah, uh, I, and I felt like they really didn't want it to go along that line. Right. Yeah, it was quite odd. Uh, the other story, of course, in this is uh, Hedekin going off about the officiating during the broadcast. But, dear Lord, pick a lane, Hetty. Like one minute he's going, how do you call that? The next one, how do you not call that after that? I'd like to see that call more often. Hetty. Hetty. Hetty, 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 Hetty. Stop about the officiating. Just stop. Or pick a lane. One or the other. <laughs> uh, sad story about this one, of course, is 10,970 is the announced attendance. Uh, again, tickets sold, not Tickets used. Um, come on. Come on, people. This is some fun hockey. Get out there. Although, speaking of tickets, I have seen some season ticket holders complaining about having to sell their tickets at a discount because of low demand. Can you send me some receipts from you complaining when you were selling at a profit during playoffs? 
I just well, I, would, I would I would appreciate that. Not even that, dude. Selling at a profit all the time, like mm-hmm. yeah, that was you know, quite what, a stretch. What? But yeah, what people don't understand is that you know if you get season tickets, and I'm speaking from not as somebody who has season tickets, but as somebody who knows people who have season tickets, like when you buy your season tickets, your per game rate, if you will, is is below market value. So if you like even if you have to sell below market value, chances are you're still making a small profit or making your money back. Like you've seen and to your point, you know, how many times has it been like, okay, well, you know, the uh the season ticket holder rate for this game. Well, you know, let's just say for argument's sake, let's say $30 a game. Sure. And then oh, as it turns out, we're giving away a bobblehead on this game. I'm going to f- wheel on over to StubHub, throw this bitch up here for $65. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't yeah. I don't recall hearing anybody say, well, uh, this isn't, uh, you know, we're, we, we want to be honest here. I'm going to donate that $35 back to the organization. Like, no, give me a break. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let's move on. Char- it's, called, it, it's called investing, you know, like yeah. if any like if you invest. <laughs> If, if it's the year, you know, if it's the year 2015 and you're like, I'm going to put my all my money into Vine, <laughs> nobody feels bad for you, dude. That shit was closing down. Dude, hey, <laughs> we've all had them. Some days you're the windshield, some days you're the buck. Yeah. It all happens. <laughs> uh, sharks then face the Ottawa, I'm sorry, uh, a city called Ottawa. And the Sharks would pick up a 6-3 victory. Again, James Reimer gets the start, would be his fifth in the last seven. Throws up a 9.36 save percentage over the previous four games. So, yeah, just like we had been talking about. Uh, Matt Niendo, Niedo, what did I say? <laughs> the Long Beach native would open scoring, finally giving the bottom six a goal. <laughs> <Woo. Yeah. laughs> when was the last time that happened? <laughs> of course... Josh Norris would tie yes. it. Yes. You know Norris has more goals against his former team than EK65? Really? He does. And I wonder if the reason why is that when you look at the video here, Eric Carlson right out in front. and Oh, oh, crap. Norris got behind me. Oh, how did wow. I let that happen? So I didn't re- – where I was sitting, I, it didn't occur to me that that was the player that lost their assignment. Yep. That's, that's that's pretty delicious. <laughs> yeah, just a scotch. <laughs> uh, Hurdle would snipe one for a 2-1 lead. Uh, again, this was a game that had a too-many-men call. Uh, but Benito, 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 <laughs> it ties it up. Finally, the, the, the good thing about this, not only is it a 6-3 win, you get Benito finally comes off the schneid, and you get Middleton, along with Couture, scoring empty net goals, but Middleton's first NHL goal, 12 players had points in this game. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. Well, that's, yeah. It's like, everybody contribute, contribute. Well, and you know what, too? <laughs> it's, a, it's like a Thanksgiving potluck. Well, and and like I was saying uh, before, you know, the Sharks' ability to, uh, you know, when the things don't go their way in the game, to not psych themselves out, mm-hmm. right? Like, so you, you go, go on NHL.com, you look at the game sheet right here. Nieto gets the quick one, and then bang, Josh Norris ties it up. It's like, oh crap, you know. But <laughs> Hur- Hurdle says, Hurdle <laughs> says, no problem. I'm gonna get us back in here, and he does. And then the the Senators get two quick ones. Brady Kachuk, Connor Brown. You're thinking again, 
man, we're letting it get away from us. Benino says, no problem. I got it. Late goal to tie it up. And then, boom, Meyer gets the leading goal coming into the third period. And, and again, like, yes, we, you know, on the module, we don't look very favorably on empty netters. But, you know, in a game that's back and forth like that, sometimes you got to stack it up a little bit, you know? A scotch. A scotch. So. Uh, I, I do want to say really quick, and I know you're going to mention it. Um, whip it out. So at this, I was at this game, as you know. <laughs> you know. So ask me, did I sit in the seat that I paid for? Did you sit in the seat that you paid for, Jerk? I can't say. Um, <laughs> you asshole. But <laughs> I'm going to say. No. Uh, you know, I'm going to say I don't know. Did you pay because... for a glass seat? <laughs> Well, I'm just going to say, I, you know, I'm not totally sure because the seat I paid for, I never actually saw it with my own eyes that there night. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Hey, but speaking of attendance, 10,076 was the announced attendance. Second worst behind the Sabres game earlier this season. Again, tickets sold, not tickets used, but yikes. Uh, however, though, that's... You know, it's the game the night before Thanksgiving. Maybe the NHL or the Sharks, maybe they need to work out something that's like, hey, maybe we could start this like an hour earlier. Because, you know, people like to go to bars on the night before Thanksgiving. And it's like, hey, give the opportunity to like, hey, let's grab, you know, grab a game and then go out and have some drinks or something. I don't know. I yeah, just, I mean. I just know that it used to, for for a quite for quite a while there, I think it was back in the days when the Sharks used to host that silly tennis tournament every February. Uh, during that era, the Sharks, it seemed like you could set your watch to it. And I think it had to do with something that was happening at the United Center. But the Blackhawks would play at San Jose the night before Thanksgiving like clockwork. And Yeah. Well, because that was, the for the longest time that week that you're referring to, mm-hmm. um, it just so happened that every year for like 20 years, the United Center was hosting uh, the circus. There you go. So that's it. You know, <clears throat> Chicago always ended up on a road trip at that point anyway. And now, yeah, and it was against the Sharks, to your point, for the longest time. I think in years past, too, pr- like prior to this year, like obviously last year didn't happen. But, you know historically I feel as though when the Sharks have played on Black Friday, it's been like a 2 p.m. game. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Not that so, it's happened that often, but yes. And I'll be honest, I was a little nervous because, you know, I had had some things going on on Thanksgiving, obviously, some <laughs> things going on some things going on Friday morning, and I was a little nervous, like, shit, man. Like, I don't want to tie myself up and miss the game. <laughs> Realized it was at 7.30, and I was kind of – I was very surprised just because, like I said, historically it had been an early game, but – I wasn't complaining. Yeah. Well, I feel like maybe Blackhawks fans travel a little bit better than Ottawa fans. I don't know. But that that was a annual pilgrimage, no pun intended, uh, for my friend and I uh, the night before Thanksgiving as we would always go to Blackhawks Sharks the night before. So I'm a little surprised by that. But right now, my money, December 28th versus Arizona. That, my friend, I feel will be the worst attendance of the season. You ask me why? You, <laughs> I will say it's a Tuesday night versus like the worst team in the entire league. And there you go. Not to Four, mention 4 15 and 2. 
right? Not to so the sharks are going to lose. Well, <laughs> but it also brings up, you know, that it's all it's in the middle of, um, you know, the holidays or between Christmas and New Year's. Who knows? Maybe hockey is not exactly on their mind. So that's I'll be there. I'm uh, really. Yeah. Oh, that's shoot. my plan. Oh crap! We got to go then. Um, I, you know what? I'm gonna my bold prediction right now. Uh, announced attendance does not crack five digits. Wow. Gonna say it. You heard it here. Here. You heard it here first, folks. Um, finally, Sharks Toronto. It's a four-one loss. Uh, Reimer. You know, he's in there again. Didn't last long. Which. Evidently, he doesn't when it comes to playing Toronto. <laughs> uh, his third straight, six of his last eight. This is the one where we saw Scott Reedy come out in place of Gadjevic after Reedy played the first two games. I didn't think Reedy stood out in a good way, but I didn't think he stood out in a bad way. I felt like he kind of, you know, I don't want to say he's, you know, he's like, hey, shoot your shot. Like, I. <sighs> He helped the Sharks put a full lineup on the ice. There you go. See, that, that was the perfect way to put that. Uh, Dolan missed his third straight. Uh, and, and this was one where it's like three goals scored in the first five minutes. And you're like, hey, now, track meet. Here we go. And then mm-hmm. not so much. <laughs> Yikes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. the It all sort of fell apart after that second Maple Leafs goal um, from Wayne Simmons. Like, from really from that point on, it was just – the Leafs locked it down. Oh, did they? Well, and contri- uh, contributions, contributions coming from the big money guys from Toronto. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, uh, Matthews, Tavares. I mean, dear lord, they all they all got into it. Uh, the Sharks, for the most part, look. They look like they were you know fending a turkey hangover off. Uh, you know, they tried and to who kick. Who wasn't? Yeah. They ch- well, <laughs> Toronto, clearly. <laughs> right. Well, they're Canadian. They probably don't celebrate oh, Thanksgiving. Oh, you're right. Didn't think about that. Holy shit. Um, There's another game that I wasn't real thrilled with EK65's play. Uh, some bad giveaways, despite getting an assist on the lone goal. Uh, but I felt like the defense was just caught high way too much in this one. But there was some great back and forth in that first period. A lot of energy, a lot of chances. And then the, uh, the what, tryptophan? Just kicked in, <laughs> and the Sharks are just... I will say, though, and this goes back to the point of LeBanc that we were talking about earlier about no one needing a goal. I felt like this is a good week for LeBanc. He gets that even strength point, and he had some really nice setups in this game. Just no one could finish him. Yeah, actually, you know you know what? It's funny It's funny that you say that because I, I there was a game, and now I'm remembering it was the game against the Maple Leafs, where LeBanc comes into the zone and, and fires a pass off. To, I don't know who he fired it off to, but I'm like, <laughs> it went way past him. And I'm like, great. Now LeBanc's going to get benched because this guy can't catch the pass. Exactly. Like, you know, I that did pop into my mind when it happened. Yeah. I was like, man, no, there's a couple of good setups LeBanc threw out there and just nobody could like, you know, receive it. But pfft. Whatever. Uh, Reimer gets pulled after the fourth Leafs goal. Ting, you know, the team hung him out to dry. It also doesn't help, too, that the, the Sharks, uh, through this point, one power play goal in their last six games of one for 16. Uh, after tonight, one for 17. Might want to work on that, a scotch. Uh, the face-offs in this one. Wow, you talk about a tale of two games. Uh, through the first period, the Sharks... And this is, again, like the turkey legs kicking in. First period, the Sharks 
65% in the circle. In the second period, 39. I mean, that Jeez. is quite the drop-off. And to get back to the James Reimer stat for a minute, this is great. John Shannon tweeted out, Reimer's last four starts versus the Leafs do not total 60 minutes. <laughs> 31 minutes uh, back on, um, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, in, back in March of 2017, 31 minutes. December 20th of 2018, he lasted 1419. <laughs> December 23rd of 2019, he lasted 510. <laughs> and then February 22nd of 2020, he lasted 610. So a total of 5646. And this night against Toronto for the Sharks, he lasted 3044. <sighs> Maybe we don't start Reimer again. Like, that's the one game where it's like, Hill, yes, come on in now. You're okay. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, but one also saving grace for this, the Sharks' attendance did bounce up about, oh, 4,000 people. This one, 14,016. So, so, AJ. Yes, sir. Ask me this. Uh, well, the last time I did, you didn't really answer it, but go ahead. Ask me this. Did I sit in the seat I paid for? <laughs> no, the first time, shame on you. Second time, shame on me. No, ask me. Go ahead. Did, did you sit in the seat that you purchased? No. Okay. Uh, moving <laughs> on. <laughs> Quotes coming in now. Reimer on Mario Ferraro. He's a heart and soul guy. He comes to play every day, and he's that way in practice, too. Anyone who blocks a shot, I think, is crazy. <laughs> the NHL leader in block shots. How are you? Dude. I mean, We're talking about future Captain Mario Ferraro, right? Yes, that is correct. Thank you. Uh, also, James Reimer saying, this summer I worked on a few things and I tried to work smart, let's call it, and so far so good. Tweaked my stance a little bit so I could put my body in the best place to stop the puck. I'm just going to say, James, seems to be working. <laughs> seems to be working, my friend. So let's go here. Uh, stock up, stock down. Uh, right now, uh, I think. <laughs> what about stock 10? Am I right? <laughs> you are wrong. <laughs> Stock up this week. Uh, how is Timo Meyer not at the top of the list? Uh, three goals, two assists. The guy is continuing. Like, we can get off short sample size at this point, I think. 21 games in? Yeah, for sure. Well, that's like a, like I said, you know what I mean? It, it's not a situation. Like, he's not playing hot anymore. He's not playing above, like, above his expectations anymore like he's just this good <laughs> he's just playing and you know what module darling too. five of his nine goals this year are high value goals oh mod module uh, uh, darling i i'm are you pronouncing that correctly <laughs> <laughs> yes or if you ask like a tiger on the discord server server mod ul <laughs> <laughs> well the thing that i think also has to stand out just to scotch is Chief, right now, 20 points. Yes. He's only played 16 games. He was out for some COVID stuff. You know, Couture's behind him with 18 points, but Couture's played four more games. And not only that. <laughs> like, I don't know that people are taking that into account. Hurdle, 21 games, 13 points. So the fact that he's getting this done, dude, right now, as it stands, Timo Meyer, point, point, or I'm sorry, 1.25 points per game right now. Last I checked, that was uh, last good. I checked, that was That's good. good. Yeah, and and as you know, as I said before, 
Uh, Meyer has only played 16 out of the Sharks' 21 games, which means uh, over the you know if he didn't miss another game, he's only going to hit uh, 77 games. Um, at mm-hmm. this pace, he's he's expected to have 96 points in 77 games. <sighs> Which I'm 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 all for that. I'm mucho happy about that. Um, <laughs> I like and... uh, Bo- Bozo in the chat, basically <laughs> throwing it, throwing it down. A quote from James Reimer saying, "Whatever Martin Jones does, I try to do the opposite." Yeah, I mean, pretty much. <laughs> also, I'm about paraphrasing. Meyer, also about Meyer. Check it out. So he's got nine goals in sixteen games this year, which is epic. Mm-hmm. If he wants to meet what he did last year, yes? Sure. If he wants to meet what he did last year. That's going to happen what, like next week? (laughs) I was going to say, he needs to get three goals in the next 38 games. (laughs) I I don't know about you. I think that's going to happen. I feel like that's a safe bet. I I think it could happen. (laughs) During this road trip. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, he had two tonight. Like, I'm what's saying, three more? <laughs> right? Uh, so next up, stock up, of course, Mario Ferraro, uh, C. Meyer, Camatimo. I mean, three assists uh, over this week. Lo- Got to love it. Eric Carlson, three assists. Finally appears to starting to be a consistent contributor. Still a Hell turnover yeah. machine, but whatever. Put it up. Throw it up. I know you have it. Throw it up. Throw up the graphic. I know you have it. Uh, all right. Here we go. Throw it up. There it is. How you doing? <laughs> 11 points in 15 games. And I I don't want to speak for you, but I believe I believe that what he's doing is what you asked for, no? Uh so far. <laughs> so far. Uh also stock up this week. Uh Benino Benino Benino, two goals. Finally gets off the schneid. Hopefully the dam opens for this guy. I almost I felt like he had a couple of good looks tonight as well. Like I was like, oh come on, he's gonna do three, you know, mm-hmm. like three straight. But yeah. <sighs> and then uh finally Jacob Middleton um gets his first NHL goal this week, albeit on an empty net. Hey, you know, as, as Jerk will tell you, nobody asks how. They just say how many. Right. Uh but right now, dude, coming into tonight's game versus the Blackhawks, leads the team with a plus five. Now Everybody else can go and debate the 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 value of the plus minus statistic, but that's pretty good for a guy who was expected coming into the season, projected to be the seventh defenseman on this team. He's leading with a plus five, and has he yet to really look out of place at all next to EK65 on the back line? No, not at all. He's been very good. The entire season, right? Especially playing with, as we talked about too, playing with Eric Carlson, not the easiest task. And, <laughs> and, and, and you know what too? Like you're, when you say, oh, you know, plus minus is really not that big of a deal. You're a hundred percent correct. It doesn't tell the full story, but I think, and we talk about it all the time when it's the other way, you, you know, where, oh, Burns is minus eight, Carlson's minus 12. And it's like, yeah, they're out there most of the time. Mm-hmm. And I think it's pretty exceptional when you consider uh, that Jacob Middleton, Jake Middleton, sorry, he uh, he's leading, <laughs> <laughs> you know, he he's averaging uh, in terms of defensemen. He he's right up there. He's averaging um, among the regulars the fourth most amount of minutes 
uh, you know, coming in at 17 minutes, 11 seconds average per game. Dude, and again, and this you're is the guy, a plus player. Like, that's huge. The, well, and again, this is a guy that was projected this season to be the seventh defenseman. Right. <sighs> you know, like tonight, played 1949 versus the Blackhawks. What did Vlasic play? Under 16. Like, yeah. What did Shimmick play? Just over 13. So, you know, big stick taps to Jake Middleton. Yeah, hell of a mustache, too. Uh, well, yeah, we'll see uh, if that lasts beyond the next couple of days. <laughs> <laughs> Stock down? Uh, look, Brent Burns, where, where did you go? Because uh, you, yeah. you certainly don't know where a score sheet is. I mean, you, you had nine points, a goal and eight apples during a six-game point streak during the, the Rona, that protocol when you had seven guys out. And then since that game, seven, dude, seven games. No points in seven games. Yeah. Dude, where are you? I just, I got to know. And, and tonight, one shot on goal. Which just, is uncharacteristic for him. Uncharacteristic, but just such a odd happenstance, coincidence, whatever you want to call it, that when those seven guys were out, one of them was EK65, they're out, and all of a sudden he turns into a point machine. They all come back and nothing, which begs the question, burns to forward? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's almost, it's all, and again, too, look at, like that that stretch during the covid protocol right like he was playing 27 minutes a game dude which is stupid well i guess that's why you're going to put up those many points when you're playing right, half the game yeah that's what i'm saying <laughs> but even then like it's you know he's still he's out there you know he's he's on power play 1 he's on yep. the top defense pair you know he gets all the offensive zone starts you know, and the neutral zone and the defensive zone. I mean, he's always out there with Ferraro. So I'm, I'm not saying he needs to be 82 and 82, but a seven-game goose egg, it's a shock to me. Oh, I'd, I'd be interested in talking to our brother, uh, you know, Darren Stevens at Shark Stats and be like, when was the last time Burns went this long without putting up a point? Mm -hmm. I, that's something that we need to reach out about. Uh, I was. I also had on my list coming into tonight – for Stockdown was, in, in we know that Jerk does not tolerate Balser slandering. <laughs> Only when it's justified, it's okay. Okay, well, it's like I felt like he looked a little out of sorts with Couture. I mean, he was he was a dash three over those three games. He's tied for the team lead on dash with dash eight, but as soon as Dolan returns, boom, Apple, almost a goal. I think we've seen that Balser's plays his best hockey. With Hurdle. And I I don't know if there's any science to that or if it's just coincidence. It's just the thing if like your last name starts with a B and you're a forward. Play him with Hurdle. <laughs> but that's the thing, right? Is like he's, you know, we've seen pretty much all year it's been Hurdle and Balsers together. And, you know, uh, Eklund has rolled through that line. Barabanov has. Noah Gregor has. Like everybody's rolling through that line. But for the most part, the constant has been Hurdle and Balsers, uh, with the exception of Dolan's injury. So, I mean, obviously you want a guy to be able to score whenever his name is called. But if he's going to play his best hockey with Hurdle, I think it makes sense to just keep him with Hurdle. Mm -hmm. I like it. Speaking like of, it. 
for stock down, I got one more guy. Oh, whip it out. <laughs> Please say Aiden Hill. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, Tomash Hurdle is in my stock Who? down list because, <laughs> you know, he's only got two points in his last six games, which you're probably thinking, oh, okay, like that's not bad. You know, that's a point every, you know, it's a point every three games. But the type of player that Tomash Hurdle is, how many, the fact that he he's the number one center. He's out there all the time. Like, you need more from Hurdle. Like, bar none. You know, he's on pace uh, for this for this season. He he's only on he's only on pace to put up uh, fifty points this year. Which again, that sounds awesome, right? Mm-hmm. But you need Hurdle to be a seventy point guy if you want to go places. <sighs> I want to go places. That's what I'm saying. So that's <laughs> I want not to. to say that's not to say that Hurdle has been bad. He's been very good, but I just think we need even more from him. You know, unfortunately, because he's doing his best. But <laughs> does he, we need, does more. he need another short bat with the Rona? <laughs> 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 we know how great he was when he came back. Um, so talking about those numbers, let's get into some stats real quick. The power play for the Sharks, uh, it it it's not good. <laughs> it's not good, people. Uh, it, it, this last week, I haven't run the numbers for like the last week, but they probably suck because when we talked to you a week ago, the sharks were at 11th, they have fallen to 20th. All right. They're 17 and a half percent on the power play. That is not good. Like I mentioned earlier, they are one for 17 over their last seven games. They've scored one power play goal in their last seven. That is not good. That needs to get back on track. Now, hopefully, getting Dolan back will help that, you would hope. Uh, Maybe Burns (laughs) goes, oh, yeah, I can power plays. (laughs) (laughs) I can has power play. Uh, The PK, a little bit better. Not 20th, but actually third, currently at 88%. Uh, Tonight, uh, they were two for two. I want to say against the Blackhawks and yes. So that's, you know, look, the the PK that's been the bread and butter of this team for the last couple of years. It's finding that power play when they need it. You know, how how many t- how many years have I been banging that drum? Right. Well, and especially like how many years the power play was so good, right? And uh, now it's uh, been it's been the complete opposite. It's like, can we get back to that? <laughs> right. Uh, face-off percentage uh, in the circle, they're still top 10, you know, still eighth in the league, 52%. Uh, the, you know, they, they had some solid roles tonight, although, again, that Toronto game was a little sus, uh, it, it, to quote, uh, or to paraphrase Randy Hahn, totally sus. <laughs> but, look, that was one period versus Toronto. It's fine. Uh, Aiden Hill, brother, you are number two. <laughs> Love it. Own it. Uh, 293 goals against. 897 save percentage, or what we call the Martin Jones special. Four and five during nine games. James Reimer, on the other hand, what's he popping now on the goals against? What did we uh, average that out as? Because I know uh, we were... So he's got a goals against is 2.12, and we're looking at a save percentage of... Uh... Let me just refresh here. 9.33. 2.12 and a 9.33. Last oh. I checked, that was good. Uh, it, it, It's certainly better than Aiden Hill. 
<laughs> but, but the 933, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, seven, four, and one. And as I mentioned before, first and third periods, he owns those. Needs to show up the second period. Although that was kind of a problem for the Sharks the last couple of years. It's that long change that they need to figure out. Blue line points, on the other hand, uh, have seemed to have gotten better this season. Four games this week, you had a goal and seven assists come from the blue line, albeit. Seven of those assists were split between Mario and Carlson. Still, you're getting production from the blue line all in on the season. Eight goals, 35 assists. Last I looked, that's 43 points over 21 games. That's better than a two-point-per-game clip. So I would like to say some things about goaltending. Hey, now. So we are talking about James Reimer. Now you, you fire up. Fire up the uh, stats page there on NHL.com. James <laughs> Reimer is James Reimer is tenth in save percentage, as we mentioned, nine thirty three. But here's here's a little caveat for you: tenth in save percentage. But if you look at starting goalies, I think it's fair to say Reimer's the starter right now. Uh, yeah. If you look solely at starting goalies, James Reimer is fifth. Yeah, because there's a couple players in there that it's like they've had one start, you know. Yeah, well, Joseph Wall, who's on Toronto Maple Leafs, three starts, three wins. Yeah, not a starter. So among <laughs> start among starters, James Reimer is fifth. Slide on over to goals against average. James Reimer currently twelfth, but again among starters, sixth. Hmm. So I don't think. It. I don't think we need to put him in the Vesna conversation, but if this continues, somebody will throw him a fourth place vote. I'm saying it. There's always a hero, right? <laughs> <laughs> yes, there always is. Okay. Speaking of, you just reminded me. <clears throat> Excuse me. Game against the Toronto Maple Leafs, as we talked about. This was last Friday, if you're listening live. Mm -hmm. Maple Leafs are up four to one. And there's forty two seconds left in the game and the linesman total hero move oh, calls an icing oh yeah calls an icing 4-1 game 42 seconds left total hero move like buddy let's get out of here <laughs> you know what i'm saying like nobody just, came here to watch you do that <laughs> that's what i'm saying you wave it off run the clock down and you get out it's friday you know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah, yeah. So uh, <laughs> who, who, who's at the top of the module? I mean, LeBanc, LeBanc, Barabanov, Meyer. I mean, there were some guys that uh, had some high-value things going on this week. Where's our top three? So, well, we can we can break it down. We can break it down a couple different ways. I'll, I'll give you the option. So um, we can look at this just, you know, Module score. We can look at most high value goals. We can look at yeah, just give me the, those two. Sure. So uh, the module score. You know, Timo Meyer is your best goal scorer. Shocker. Followed followed by Jonathan Dolan, followed Ooh. by Logan Couture. Nice. So if you break if you break it down, hold on. What do those three guys have in common? <laughs> they're all on the same line. <laughs> oh wow! What a shock! <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing. Um, if you break it down. You look at uh, most high-value goals, Timo Meyer, Logan Couture, Jonathan Dolan. And what are those guys all in common? <laughs> <laughs> but there are a couple, 
Outliers? Inter- I guess if you want to say <laughs> if you want to say percentage of total goals are high value, I guess if you want to look at that. I mean, Jonathan Dolan is, is you know four of seven. Uh, Logan Couture, f- or yes, four of seven. Apologies, Logan Couture, five of seven. Um, Kevin LeBanc and Alexander Barabanov, two of three. Rudolf Balsers, two of two. So, you know, there's obviously small sample size right there, but scoring when it matters most. Hey, now. So, after 21 games, I mean, we're at the court of pole. What do we think? <laughs> um, playoff team, not a playoff team. Well, the fact that the Sharks have been average at best and they're still sniffing around the playoffs makes me think if they can find another gear, they're going to be in there. Okay. I'm going to stick with the sheet. <laughs> <laughs> According to my calculations, the Sharks will finish 23rd in the NHL. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't have them finishing 23rd. I don't I don't I don't have a finish on here place-wise, but I do have that they were going there was the window. Worst 83 points, best 86 points. Last time I looked, not a playoff team do those numbers make. Uh no, you you would be uh you would be correct. Um, on that, <laughs> you'd be correct on that. And if they continued to pick up points at this pace, they would actually be at 90 points. Well, that said, still not a playoff team. Uh, still not a playoff team. The other outlier I want to throw at you is we're 21 games in. Mm-hmm. Remember, boys and girls, they've seen one Pacific Division opponent. Right, and like we kind of talked about last week, those games coming up in the second half of the season against all these divisional opponents, huge. Huge, and this is the month coming up, people. December is the month. They're going to have essentially what? We got two, four, six, seven. They have a seven-game straight homestand. Then they bounce away for one night to Anaheim. I mean, like... Could you have a city closer? Probably not. And then they're back home for Arizona and Philadelphia. So it's essentially, you know, like nine of ten are at home to finish off December. Call it ten if they're just bouncing to Anaheim. Although maybe call it nine because it's Anaheim and they've actually been good. (laughs) But either way, during that stretch, six of those are divisional games. You've got... You're going to see Calgary again, who last time I looked, doing pretty well in the Pacific. Not going to lie. <laughs> and, and we're yeah, gonna, they're, uh, we're, they're doing all right. <laughs> yeah, and we're going to get to them in a hot minute. Let me let you know. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what the hell's going on there. I mean, they're, they're second in the division right now, but hey, they could play tomorrow and be back in first. But it's going to be Calgary. Minnesota, not an easy you know walk by any stretch. Then you get the return of Pavelski and the Dallas Stars. Could, uh, you know, Dallas to me is a very fickle team. You know, one one day they look great. The next day you're like, why are these guys in the NHL? I don't know. Uh, Seattle, Vancouver, Vancouver, Edmonton. I mean, that stretch right there is huge. Then at Anaheim. So you get those five, that block of five games that are all divisional opponents. That I'm not going to say that it's going to. Uh, what, what's the old tried and true uh, phrase? Is that you you can't win the cup in December, but you can lose it, right? You know, so that that stretch there where you've got let me see, two, four, six, eight. You're going to play six of eight in your division. 
That's going to be tough. It's huge. Yeah. It was essentially it, four point games. Yeah, all of and that's the thing, especially like especially with Edmonton and Calgary and Anaheim as well, like Yep. Not top, only top are three, not, boy. That's what I'm saying. Not only are they in your division, these are the teams you're trying to catch. And you know, it's worth mentioning as well, the Sharks they are only one point out of the wild card spot, but they're only two points out of third in the division. So they're right there. Yeah. And again, that goes back to the whole how important these divisional matchups are going to be and maybe a slight benefit of the Sharks, the fact that it, through the first 41, they only play seven divisional matchups where you've got a team like Anaheim who plays 16. Could be interesting. But right now, if you're sitting in a casino – Next to Evander Kane, <laughs> what, how, what are you betting? Uh, the, the Sharks make the playoffs or they don't? Oh, man. I think it's still too early to tell. Come on, man. Throw, throw me a bone. I, I, like, I think they'll make it. Okay. See, and and I, I've said it before. I, I'm of the – look, <laughs> I'll give you a quickie. There's a glass, and halfway of, above, the, like, say this right here. You can see that right here. This is where this water bottle is filled up, right? Optimist goes, this, this is half full. Pessimist goes, this is half empty. And me, the realist, goes, this is the wrong fucking size. <laughs> I'm a realist. Uh, as much as I want the sharks to uh, do well and go all the way and win the big shiny thing. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm sticking with, you know, where I'm at right now. And that is the Sharks do not make the playoffs. I think it'll be close, but I think they're going to miss it. But, hey, I've been wrong before, and I'll be happy to be wrong on this one. Let's move on to the elephant in the room. Evander Kane's suspension with the conclusion of the Blackhawks game is now officially over. And if you have social media, it probably exploded on you a little bit this morning as the local beat scribes reported that a now fully vaxxed Evander Kane is on waivers, will be assigned to the Barracuda. This is not a conditioning stint, okay? Which means that he can languish there for as long as they want, evidently. <laughs> Acting general manager Joe Will said, we just decided that since he's a contracted hockey player, it's the best thing at this time for him to continue to play hockey, and that is the best option for us right now. Uh, to follow that up, our buddy Brody Brazil tweeted out that there is no timeline or set goals to rejoin the Sharks. Again, not a conditioning assignment. He'd be a member of the team's uh, AHL affiliate indefinitely, the San Jose Barracuda. The team just wants to get him playing games again, first and foremost. But the Sharks will get a $1.125 million cap relief. The other thing that should be noted, uh, there are reports that a trade is being worked on. Yesterday, Larry Brooks reported that an Eastern Conference team is interested. This would follow an earlier report from Elliot Friedman that the Sharks are willing to retain salary to make a deal, perhaps as much as the maximum 50% allowed. So, Jerk, I have to ask you the first question, which is, is there a team that would take them? 
Is there a Carolina that would be like, yes, Tony D'Angelo's worked out swimmingly. Bring on Evander Kane. <laughs> is there Florida sitting there going, well, Jumbo can pick him up from the airport again, right? <laughs> yeah. That's a really, I mean, ugh, like, okay. <laughs> so I know Jerk is just sitting here, just, just I don't care. Just get him off my team. <laughs> I mean, well, yeah, obviously, yes. But I'm thinking about, so I'm trying to think of, if you're looking at this, if you're looking at this from a, like a on the ice perspective, yes. Mm-hmm. To me, this has, to me, this has Tampa Bay written all over it. Get the fuck out of here. How's that? Just because they're a good team and it would make sense that they'd want a good player. But they take but, on the head case? That's what I'm saying is uh, that team in it, like they've won two Stanley Cups the last two years. But even before that, they've been a very good team, a tight knit group. Like it doesn't make sense in terms of the off ice stuff. It, it, if I'm being totally honest, I don't think the off ice stuff makes sense for any of the teams in the NHL. True. That's not to that's not to say that um, that what I say goes <laughs> right, <laughs> but. I just find it very hard to believe that somebody's going to look at that and say, you know what? Yes. But I don't know. There's so many different ways to slice this. I mean, at the same time, I look at the New York Islanders who were supposed to contend for the Metropolitan Division title this year and are last in the division. <laughs> Can't figure out how to score at their new barn. That's what I'm saying. Maybe the Pittsburgh Penguins who have been beat up by injuries all year. Maybe that's a thing. And it's not as if there's not a strong leadership in the Pittsburgh locker room. Yeah, I mean, Crosby, Malkin, Latang, they've all been there forever, right? Yeah. It, but ultimately, it's ultimately it's tough for me to say that any of the 32 teams would be remotely interested in him. I mean, the fact that the fact that the Sharks are desperate to get rid of him, like that kind of tells you something. Well, and there seems to be this weird. I, I I understand Evander's from from the Vancouver area, and there seems mm -hmm. to be this push that like Vancouver. And I'm I'm not gonna lie, and we're gonna talk about it in a minute. It's like, look, I mean, he, you you enjoy the maths. Uh, you've heard the whole thing about two negatives can equal a positive. <laughs> 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 Throw Kane in Vancouver, and it's like, oh, look at this! All of a sudden, Vancouver's doing well again. I mean, we're talking about Vancouver. They're currently on a four-game losing streak. They've won one of their last ten games. Okay, it and they've actually they actually lost tonight, three to two. Yeah, exactly. So it's just kind of like, you if you're the is it is Benning still pulling the strings there? <laughs> For now. Okay, then it almost seems like an idea of just kind of like, yeah, it can't get any worse. Sure, we'll take them. <laughs> Especially too, like. Especially, you talk about torpedoing a locker room, like, <laughs> you know, like JT Miller, I love JT Miller, hell of a player. He's already convinced that not everybody in the Canucks locker room is drinking the Kool-Aid. You know, I'm sure you oh, saw the clip. And, and we're gonna oh, dude, we're going to talk about that in a hot second. We yeah. will. Uh, hold on. Shoeshine in the chat saying, hey. Montreal drafted a sex offender, and the Canes hired a guy who gets into fistfights with his goalie. Kane ain't the worst guy in the league. Someone will want him. I mean, here's the thing, Shoeshine. You're correct, but that doesn't mean that I like it. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, we I, I want to say really quick, as yeah. an aside, 
two sure. things actually. Number one, I thought it was funny that you know you're you're scrolling through Twitter and uh, um, you know, Shang, our buddy Shang throws out there, you know, Joe Will says that Evander Kane is fully vaccinated, and then maybe ten minutes goes by or whatever, and Shang follows that up and says for COVID. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was kind of funny. Um, secondly. I and again, this is not again nothing. Nothing's being insinuated. Nothing's being suggested. I'm merely, but <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm merely making a joke to myself, essentially. But oh, you don't want to offend anybody. So Evander Kane's new agent, Dan Milstein, who, if memory serves, what he also represents, Melnichuk and Kanijov among Barabanov. Barabanov. I'm sorry. Okay, go ahead. He, Dan Milstein almost exclusively represents Russian players. <laughs> so, oh, Evander, you think this league hard, do you? So I'm kind of like, I'm thinking like, mm. again, nothing is, is rumored or anything. This is just me being a moron. <laughs> but like, oh, he has the... The the Russian agent and people have been saying send him to the KHL, you know. But that's just I guess me trying to be funny more than anything. And then I actually did think of one third thing. Did you see that Joe Will actually came out and said that an Evander Kane like came out and said that a Kane trade was on the table in terms of like as an option? Oh, dude. I mean, I'm surprised they haven't erected like a neon sign above SAP Center. This is like Kane available. That's the thing. <laughs> Call <And> usually, now. <laughs> right. And usually in situations like this, you know, we saw it with, um, you know, even with Hurdle this year, uh, Marlo, Thornton, uh, Brendan Dillon a couple of years ago. Like the tr- anytime the word trade comes up, it's always sidestepped, right? Mm. Oh, well, you know, uh, this is the team we have for right now and uh, blah, 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 all that crap. But. The fact that Joe Will came out and said, like, yeah, you know, if we get, you know, basically saying if we get the chance to trade Kane, we will. Puck guy real quick. If Kane gets claimed, how quickly does Hurdle get signed? <laughs> Dude, he, they're going to take all that cap space and give it to Hurdle. <laughs> Absolutely. Is anybody cl- going to claim Kane? No. but still. I mean. No. no probably. Pr- I. Probably well, hold on. Let me, I'm, I may not be understanding this. If they claim him, don't they have to pay the full freight? Whereas if they trade, yep. the Sharks are going to eat half of it. So why would you claim him? Well, exactly. You're exactly correct. And the thing with putting him on waivers and him clearing waivers is, say the Sharks do trade him, mm-hmm. the acquiring team would have the option to send him to the AHL or call him up to the NHL. There you go. Uh, so Pete- we'll see. I, I think... He probably will not be claimed, but I don't think it's a hundred percent for sure that he won't be. I think maybe there's a one percent chance somebody takes a takes a risk. All right, uh, another question from the chat, PJ48. Do you think the Sharks will get anybody back for Kane, or can they package Kane <laughs> and say Shimmick so they have room for Kanijov? They have you room know, for Kanijov right now. Well, and not only that, but here's the thing. If they are able to trade Kane, they're going to be a they. No matter who they trade him to, they're going to be acquiring one of my favorite players of all time. His name is Cap Space. <laughs> because that's the thing. Even that's if you're exactly right, 
even if you're dumping Kane at, at 50% retained, that's three and a half million bucks you got to mess around with. There's that, but let me ask you this. Is there somebody out there that has a shitty contract that they would like to dump and maybe you see a you know a bad for bad change? Like a, yeah, like a crap for crap. Uh, yeah. I would have to, I'll do some research and we'll see if I can work that into my final thoughts. There you go. Because uh, that, that could be an interesting move. Um, do I think the Sharks are going to get any, anybody back for Kane? I mean, future maybe considerations. Yeah, future consideration. I mean, maybe there's a bad contract out there that somebody wants to dump. Stranger things have happened. Um, I, I mean, I think at this point, like, sure, they're like, we will literally take a bag of pucks, you <laughs> know, and we'll eat three and a half million dollars for you to take this load off of our plate. Right. Exactly. Um. So. Moving on. That's the... it's w- really quick. I'm sorry. One more thing. It's worth noting that over half the league is currently in LTIR. You know what? That is a fantastic point. Who isn't? Aren't the Islanders like missing half their team right now because of COVID? Maybe they could. Do, you know. But that is a great point. Hmm. And that's the thing. That it is depending... also worth noting, though, that 31 NHL teams know who Evander Kane is. That too. That that's kind of the big one. That's the big kahuna. Yeah. Uh, coming up this week, uh, the next time we will talk to you f- next Sunday. Again, we're live every Sunday, unless a game is played on Sunday. Then our start time could fluctuate a little bit, but generally every Sunday at seven Pacific, we're going to talk to you next week. We're going to be oh shit. Okay, hold on. What? Stop the presses. We have a super chat, and you know what happens whenever you. Add a super chat and donate money to support the cause. We go right to your comment from I Rise. Uh, what's up, boys? Love your takes. Go Sharks! I think your or I think our team builds around Ferraro for sure. He is the future. Take both EKs off the team if you ask me. Uh, t- hold it. See now, if you look at that right now, everybody's gonna go. Oh, okay, that's AJ's burner. <laughs> I'm just saying. I, I feel you. I Rise. I feel you. Uh, when we talk to you guys next week, 7 p.m. Pacific, we're going to be catching you up on games against the New Jersey, New Jerseys, uh, the New York Islanders, perhaps, the New York Rangers, and the Columbus Blue Jackets. Right now, New Jersey and their New Jerseys are sixth in the Metro, uh, at least last I looked, although they did beat the shit out of Martin Jones earlier tonight and the uh, Philadelphia Flyers, but... They remain sixth in their division. Uh, The New York Islanders, (laughs) Christ almighty, two wins in their last 10, eight-game losing streak, don't know how to score at home, and they've had games postponed. Will this game go off or not? We'll see. After that, it's the New York Rangers. Uh, Yeah, 7-2-1 over their last 10, three-game winning streak currently, third in the Metro, they look good. That's going to be a tough game. And if memory serves, oh, look at that. I have it as a loss on the sheet. Uh, okay. And then the Columbus Blue Jackets currently fourth in their division, the Metro. But they're strong at home, man. Only three home losses in 11 games. So that's what we're going to be talking about next Sunday. And, oh, wait a minute. Columbus plays next Sunday? Wait, is there another Pucknologist takeover next Sunday? could happen what time is that game sir uh that game i believe that game is at a stupid time it might be at 2 30 pacific you know you might be right on that see and as ian reed said this is the beautiful thing 
<laughs> this is the beautiful thing about the internet. If you look hard enough, you'll find what you're looking for. <laughs> uh, that game, Columbus Blue Jackets, December the 5th, 3 o'clock Pacific puck drop. Okay, so you might have, perhaps next week, uh, depending on when it ends, we may have an abridged After Dark immediately followed by a Pucknologist. Sound good? Or what if we invited everybody from Teal Town onto the podcast and we had like 12 video windows? Oh, I don't have time for that. <laughs> <laughs> We'd be here all night. Uh, so some quick hits here as we uh, round out everything. Um, look, for all the talk from Doug Wilson about not being able to afford a rebuild and everything like that, as we mentioned the attendance earlier, uh, the fans aren't showing up anyway, so why not use this time wisely? <laughs> Fair. Right? Uh, but speaking of Doug Wilson, in all seriousness, uh, the Sharks did announce on Friday that the longtime general manager would be taking temporary medical leave. They did not expand or extrapolate on what was going on, just that he would be on leave. Joe Will will take his responsibilities during this time. Uh, we know as much as you, which is nothing. Uh, just that he's taking medical leave. All we can say is get well soon. Best wishes, Doug. You know, that's, I, I, I don't know what he's going through, but I hope it's uh, nothing serious and I hope he gets over it very quickly. Uh, that one, said, it happened last... at a really coincidental time with the whole Kane thing. <laughs> so, and and real quick. Before... And I only say that with, with love behind it. I hope you get yes. very well very soon, Doug. Agreed. Um, really quick before we get into the NHL, uh, I had to jam it in here. Um, trying it out in. a trying out a new segment because the last two weeks it's worked out very well for us, so we're going to try it again this week. We don't have a graphic yet. <laughs> it's time for <laughs> I'm taking your thunder here right now. It's time for Bob, if you're listening. <laughs> we'll we'll each say a sentence, let the chat chew on it, and then we'll move on. Okay. I'll go first. Bob, if you're listening, make the third line Benino, LeBanc, and Noah Gregor. AJ? Bob, if you're listening, have Weatherby center the third line. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. That's because, like you said, two weeks ago, we said Hataka needed to play for Shimmick, and that happened. Last week, you said that Scott Reedy needed to be called up. That happened. So here we go. Oh, oh, okay. So it, this doesn't have to be directed at Bob per se. Well, Bob makes the lineup decisions. So yeah, but I, what if it's not a lineup decision? I guess we can amend it. I mean, it is okay. our show. All right. So uh, <laughs> Sharks, if you're listening, um, that, mm, that, that segment you had during the second intermission where you featured Bay Area Emmy Award winner Randy Hahn speaking with Bay Area Emmy Award winner Drew Remenda. Let's go back to that. Let's go back to that. Hedekin is great on radio. We need Remenda back on TV with Randy. There we go. If you're listening. So, Let's uh, take it around the NHL. Um, look, uh, I'm just going to go out and say it. Uh, dude, Rick Bonus, coach of the Dallas <laughs> Stars, you suck, dude. For those of you who don't know, the ultimate dick move. 
Dallas Stars forward, Minnesota native, Riley Tufty. Am I pronouncing that right? Yes. Uh, he was scratched one hour before the game after he had spent all of his call-up money on tickets for his family to the point where he had blown the entire wad. Nick Bugstad even helped him purchase some tickets. And he gets scratched. Like, Rick, go fucking jump off a cliff, dude. If you don't pay that kid back all that coin from your deal, you're a total prick. I mean, you heard about this, right, Jerk? Yeah, I did. What a dick move. And his excuse to the media is, well, you know, we we had gotten word, uh, you know, a couple hours before the game that a few guys we were going to get back. <laughs> Who cares, dude? You knew what had already happened. And what, Kivaranta, what, played 10 minutes and did nothing? Like, I think Tufty could have been fine. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> Schmo fucking yeah, move. You you said prick bonus. I could say you could say dick bonus. Yeah, either way. Although depending on the on a different podcast, dick bonus means something else. But... <laughs> uh jerk, what the fuck is going on in Calgary? <laughs> yeah, the, apparently they're good. <laughs> dude, like Daryl Sutter has this team at the top of the division. They have had seven shutouts in the first twenty games. Uh now, albeit coming against Eastern Conference teams. But Vancouver fans have to be thinking, where the hell was this Markstrom back when we had him? <laughs> I mean, no the, and their Calgary backup, the backup goalie there, I think, is 4 nothing. <laughs> I mean, what is going on in Calgary right now? And I'll be the first to admit, dude, I thought Calgary was going to finish in the bottom half of the division because I was like, you know what? I just don't believe that the Daryl Sutter brand of hockey plays in this era. And wow, was I insanely wrong. Well, dude, that's like, you know, when he when he got when he got rehired, I should say, you know, I remember I remember saying, well, you know, uh, I I hope they didn't like Johnny Gaudreau too much. And he's, you know, (laughs) he's scoring at the best you know, he's he's playing the best hockey he's played in three years. Dude, who knew Daryl Sutter was, like, the key that, to unlock Gaudreau? That's what I'm saying. You know, Elias Lindholm looks good. Matt Kachuk looks good. Dude, Andrew Mangiapane making, you know, as we say, you know, guys who love to pass the puck a lot. You know, oh, nice guy, getting a bunch of assists, letting everybody score. Mangiapane is the opposite. 15 goals, two assists. That's he's getting that Cy Young. Um, if you weren't aware (laughs) evidently Brad Marchand had doth cast aspersions upon the honor of Artemi Panarin look at that are you kidding who I mean dude when I saw this video Mm -hmm. I I immediately thought Austin Powers who throws a glove honestly (laughs) <laughs> you know what's even okay you know what's even funnier about that is when what when panarin throws a go look at look at aj malesko's face she's like oh my god did i just watch that <laughs> no, the thing that i thought was the the funniest about it was watching marchand actually kind of recoil a little bit and i'm like dude it's a glove <laughs> like it's nothing but padding what are you like like coiling for but either way, I was just like, are you serious with this? 
Ugh. That's, again, there is nothing that happens with Brad Marchand that isn't never funny, it feels like. I don't know. Uh, but speaking of the Vancouver Canucks, uh, as we were for a second, can we just talk about JT Miller here? Oy, oy, oy. I think when we get everybody to buy in, we're a really hard to t- play a team to play against. Is everyone buying in right now? I don't <laughs> I love that he spits out the cliche of like, you know, when everybody's buying in, we're a really hard team to play against. <laughs> and reporters <laughs> straight up going, is everybody buying in right now? He just, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, dude, look at your record. Not everybody is buying in, buddy. <laughs> Well, and that, and yeah, it's kind of like there's two ways. There's two ways to slice that. That's one way, like you think, okay, maybe he's trying to send a message to his teammates, right? The other way, I think, is he's kind of just like, you know, what a stupid question to ask. Uh, two things can be true. Yeah, also possible. <laughs> but dear lord, dude, that side eye. I'm like, dude, there were literally like three memes that immediately came to mind when I saw that. <sighs> anyway. Uh, how are things going for our dark horses? Speaking of the of jerks Canucks, oh look, jerks Canucks are in the basement of the division. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I I said I've said it every week since we started doing this segment. I'm gonna say it again. Playing below the roster's expectations. Mm-hmm. Because dude, look, everybody, look at those forwards. That is a awesome group of forwards they have. It there. is. Awesome goaltender. Blue line sucks. <laughs> but, you know what you this know. team needs? Daryl Sutter. <laughs> Radim Shimon. <laughs> I would agree with you, sir. Come on down. I mean, dude, like it, it like they're like I said, they're you know, they're for like their forward group is just so good. I mean, obviously. Only JT Miller and Connor Garland and Bo Horvat a little bit are playing well, but it's like those three, Hoaglander, Patterson, Besser, Tanner Pearson, that's a lot of good players that are just oh, not stepping up. You oh, know? It's, it's, it sucks, dude. <laughs> it really is bad. Uh, but my Kings, uh, for, for, for the, you know, into my Kings, for all intents and purposes of, <laughs> of, uh, of this uh, exercise, they're not much better. Uh, I mean, they're seven points better, <laughs> but they're not that much better. What happened to the Kings like a couple weeks ago that were on that that ridiculous tear? They're three and seven over their last ten, uh, but they are better than Jerks Canucks right now. So uh, we'll find out what happens at next week. Well, you know what though? It, it, I mean, look at you know we talked about the Sharks. You know the uh, the three module leaders for the Sharks are all, are the top line. You could say the same thing about the LA Kings. I mean, Andre Kopitar, Alex Ayafalo, Adrian Kempe, that's been the top line for the last while, and they're well, the top three point scorers. And who, but who was the chief on that team that was going crazy for a little while there? Andre Kopitar. No, it was, it was a lower line guy. Oh mm. boy! If you said the name, I would know it. I'm not sure. The only one I can think of is Anze Kopitar. Nope, nope. There was, this is like a third-line guy that was like doing just like people were going, yeah, like, you know, 
you're not thinking of are you thinking you're not thinking of Adrian Kempe, are you? I think it might have been Kempe. Because Kemp, so that's and I because really doesn't like he like Kempe. he's like real close and go oh yeah okay so he's second on the team in goals so yeah oh no it was Kempe but it was also Ayafalo. Ayafalo's on their top line though and he has been oh the last okay years. then it was okay then it was Kempe <laughs> yeah and that's the thing is I really like Kempe Kempe is kind of like the LA Kings version of almost like LeBanc a little bit where it's like fuck like play him higher and he'll score for you well and, and like, is there any word on Dowdy he's close he's skating all right. That's all we're looking for. Uh, former Sharks news. Oh, shit. Martin Jones. Dude, what happened, man? I was so rooting for you. <laughs> for those of you who don't know, <laughs> Ian Reed said if Jones starts 20 or more games and posts a 950-15 save percentage or better, he would shave his head live on our show. That was looking real good until tonight. And it was looking real good until about 10 minutes into the third period tonight. <laughs> Jesus Christ. So at this point, um, uh, like coming into tonight, Martin Jones had, believe it or not, a 927 save percentage. And you're looking at that going, who? Tonight, things did not go well for Marty. It, it, at least not for those final 10 minutes or so. Um, but it is what it is. Uh, right now, NHL.com has him at a 921. Now, the last I looked, still better than 915. <laughs> so he is currently 3, 3, and 1. And what does that mean, kids? He's played seven games. We are 13 away. From a head shaving is what I'm saying. You know it's you know so you said that nine twenty one is better than nine fifteen. You know what else it's better than? Hmm. Eight ninety six. Oh, and who has that? Him the last three years prior to this year. And <laughs> and Aiden Hill. Thank you. <laughs> uh we haven't done this segment in a while. How's your Pavelski? <laughs> Joe Pavelski scored twice to record his 400th career goal became the sixth player in NHL history selected in the seventh round or later wait a minute or later how many rounds are there of the NHL draft to reach the milestone currently leads Dallas forwards in scoring second overall in the team uh, th this is the washed up has been the Sharks let go for Evander Kane right mm-hmm Nice. Uh, 14 points in 19 games. He would be the third on the Sharks roster in points behind Meyer and Couture. Makes you think. <laughs> Makes you think. Uh, so let's uh, end it out here and talk about the kids. Ooh, Barracuda. Uh, this was not a good week for the for the Barracuda, my friends. <laughs> the Barracuda five eight and one. They've lost four straight. Uh, oh boy, oh boy. Lost five to one earlier in the week at the San Diego Gulls. Their lone goal coming from Hobgawaks via Leonard and Chichek. Sachenko would let in nineteen of twenty four for seven ninety two. That is not good. Sachenko was looking real sharp early on before he got the Rona, and then. Since then, not so great. Then a 4-2 loss at the aforementioned San Diego goals, while Blickfeld would account for both of the Barracuda goals. Ryan Merkley would grab two assists. 
There was a game scheduled against the Ontario Reign, which ended up being postponed due to ice issues at the Toyota Arena. But currently your leaders with the CUDA, Scott Reedy leads with eight goals. On assists, you've got Gregor, Ryan Merkley, and Hobgawax all tied with eight. Points overall, Hobgawax at 13. Uh, it's not good in net, guys. Sachenko, 895 save percentage with a 3.52. And Mel Nichuk at an 865 with a 3.48. Coming up this week, the Cuda have a pair against Abbotsford again. <laughs> a couple weeks ago, the Cuda split a pair with the Vancouver affiliate. Evander Kane not expected to be on this trip. Let's get to prospecting here. Uh, the names largely remain the same. The numbers have shifted just a scotch. Brandon Coe leads the OHL in points. Not his team, the OHL. <laughs> <laughs> Chief has 11 goals, 39 points in 22 games with the North Bay Battalion going, Tristan who? <laughs> Speaking of Robbins, he has 11 goals, 29 points in 20 games with the Saskatoon Blades. Rounding out your bottom three of the top five is Daniil Gushkin, 21 points in 17 games. Thomas Bordalo, 17 points in 16 games. Max McHugh, 16 points in 20 games. And I know you're all wondering, but right now, Eklund still without a goal, four assists in four games with Girardin. I like saying it like that. Uh, very quickly, NHL Network, I love you. You're great. Uh, get your graphic shit together. That is not Logan Couture. <laughs> okay? That's close. <laughs> Last I looked, not Logan. <laughs> So that's our tweet of the week. Anyway, you can follow him at hockey underscore jerk. You can follow me at AJ underscore strong. If you have any questions or topics you ever want to hear us dive into, you can send them along to at Teal Town USA on Twitter. Don't forget to join us on our Discord channel. The chat never stops there. And of course, you have the chief of chiefing there moderating as he does the jerk man. So check the show notes for the link. Remember to leave your take in the comment section of this YouTube video. If you weren't allowed to play along live at home, famous last words, jerk man. Oh, geez, man. You're putting me on the spot here. Famous last words. Oh, you want words. me to go? <laughs> no, that's okay. Um, well then stop bitching. <laughs> <laughs> Famous last words, like I said before, the Sharks, yeah, they're, they're not, I think, where everybody wants to be. I mean, everybody would love them to be number one in the division, right? They're not there, but they've been, playing, they've been playing some average hockey and against teams not in their division. You know, if, if they can find another level here at the right time, they could be up you know, up in the Anaheim Calgary spot here before we know it. Now, I don't know. I don't, I don't want a Vander Kane back on the team, but Who? I don't, I don't think a player like a Vander Kane would kill them, you know, to have on the roster. So might maybe, kill the chemistry in the room. No, I know. But what I, what I mean to say by that is maybe if the sharks are still sniffing around things in a couple months, maybe there's an opportunity to make a trade. That's what, let me ask you this. What mm -hmm. if Evander Kane reports to the CUDA 
starts playing with the CUDA and sucks. Even better. Even better. Because <laughs> no, to me, it's like, well, wait a minute. You're, you know, 30-year-old elite winger, led the, led the Sharks in goals and points last season. What if you come into the CUDA and you suck? Yeah, true. Like, what does that say? Anyway, uh, famous last words for me. Um, this is uh, just hooking up my my boy. Uh, do you need a jersey customized? Do Do you like the jersey that's hanging this this custom beautiful customization right here? Check out my boy East Side Stitched Jerseys on Instagram. Dude does quality work at affordable prices. Shout out to him. Um, just does some good stuff. And this is uh, he doesn't sponsor us. Uh, I'm not getting a discount for saying this. I wish I was, uh, (laughs) (laughs) but, um, yeah, the guy does good work, man. It it might take a little time because he, the people are bum rushing him because he does good stuff. And the guys who do the good work, they ascend to the top and the ones who don't, they don't have the follows and the views. You know what I mean? I hear you. Hey, remember to subscribe to us here on YouTube. Follow us on social media. If you listen to the podcast on another platform, such as Spotify, Apple, SoundCloud, whatever, help us out. Subscribe on that platform. Leave us a review, five stars, something like that. Help us out. Uh, you can find links to those. The It's the social media, the podcast, all that stuff. It's in the description below. You can find everything on tealtownusa.com. Remember to always Check us out after each and every Sharks game for After Dark, where we wrap up the game and the silliness that may have occurred that evening. So that's our show. Hope you enjoyed the takeover here of what would have been After Dark if only the Sharks had started their game just a scotch earlier. But anyway, thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. We will catch you all next week for episode 143. And with that, I think it's time to go, Jerk. Any any last, last words? No. Good night, everybody.